Hi, I'm former Buffalo Bills wide receiver Don Beebe, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellas on Circling the Wagons podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. Because nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills. Where else would you rather be than right here, right now? Hey, hey, let's go Buffalo. Hey, hey, let's go Buffalo. The Bills make me wanna Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hey Bills fans, welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I am your host, Nate. Thank you guys so much for joining us on another training camp episode where we will discuss uh, major training camp storylines thus far in the past week since we've last talked to you we're going to talk about biggest surprises so far in camp there's only four more practices of training camp which is insane i feel like training camp lasted longer as a kid growing up i feel like it was just john was texting that to me to, to us earlier and i was just like wow like i didn't i thought there were more than just four practices left i thought we went to like I mean, it's already a week into August, but I figured we'd go into like, I don't know, the third week of August. I don't know why I thought that. But anyway, um, we're going to talk about that, the biggest surprises, and then we'll end the episode on the red versus blue helmets. Um, if you guys had seen clips or screenshots or uh, any sort of video or websites talking about Josh Allen, they showed him in a blue helmet on this last Friday night. Um or was it Saturday night? I can't remember. The blue and red, it's Friday night, the blue and red practice at Highmark Stadium. Um, last year at this time, he used a red helmet. This year, he used a blue helmet. We're going to discuss which ones are better and why. That's always a fun conversation. Uh, so, But first off, this episode is brought to you by the Twinspire Sportsbook at Delago. If you're in the western New York, central New York, downstate New York, upstate New York, central New York, Southwest New York, wherever you are, um, check out the Twinspire Sportsbook at Delago at the Delago Resort and Casino. Um, it's a great time. Uh, this is this is such a fun time, fun part of the season to go there because there's a lot of things going on. Um, the food's great. Uh, it's such a cool atmosphere. Uh, you guys will enjoy it uh, if you go there. Definitely. Uh, you know, tag us in a tweet or social media post, and we'll retweet that out. We've been doing that lately, and it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. So uh, I'm joined by my co-hosts, John and Mike. John and Mike. John, I'll start with you. Uh, how's it going, man? Going well. Um, it's it's football again, right? We just had the Hall of Fame game. I'm excited to see some preseason games at some point. I don't know if I'll, I don't know if I'll be able to watch any of them live this year, but I will um, make a good attempt to see them at some point. Um, but yeah, like regular seasons it's a month away i'm ready to go yeah yeah the, i didn't watch any of that hall of fame game. i'm gonna be 100 percent honest i did not watch i mean aaron Rodgers didn't even play a snap did he i don't think he did I, yeah I, I you're like i, I don't did. i didn't really watch <laughs> i saw like a quarter of it second quarter uh-huh. he looked you know what like him like i could see him being a coach him like with a headset like talking to the quarterback walking up on the side he looked like the part didn't he is that all it takes just to be able to wear a headset and talk <laughs> like he but could he be looked, a coach man like he, he looked, wore the headset he wore the hell out of that he headset. looked into it though is my point he like i'm i'm thinking that might be something he might consider after after playing Ooh, maybe maybe it's funny i always have this weird thing where i like aaron Rodgers, but then some things kind of annoy me about him you know um 
like I respect the pet, the fact that he doesn't talk to his family at all. And he just basically ignores them and ostracizes them. Like that's kind of cool, <laughs> but like he dates super. That's probably what you would do, right? <laughs> oh, I I'm thinking about doing it. Actually. I'm thinking about, you know, basically just sealing up myself off from my family. So, um, but I mean, if if money is energy and power and time, <laughs> and he's got all that, is that an equation? And you had all yeah, that. Yeah. You'd probably, I think, you would you would do away with everyone. Maybe they're all trying to hit him up for money, and he's like, "Dude, like, no, yeah, yeah." What, what is that equation? Money equals power and energy and time. Jeez, what? What an equation? <laughs> power plus energy, power times energy. What is this? <laughs> I just mean, if you had his money, you'd probably have cut everyone out already. Oh. You're still using them. Yes, I still need to stay on their good side just in case there's right. ever an inheritance in the future. <laughs> you don't want to piss everyone off. So I don't think he needs an inheritance. Well, how much how much do you think he think... has? How... Five hundred million? Probably. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. So he doesn't have to worry about that. So he's cutting out all the bullshit. <laughs> Being his family. <laughs> his family. <laughs> you never know someone's circumstances like their family could be a bunch of jerks. But I always picture them just being like, hey, Aaron, are you coming over for Thanksgiving? And he just doesn't pick up his mom's phone calls. <laughs> just <laughs> just leaves her leaves her text messages on red. <laughs> doesn't bother even responding back. I like how uh, my favorite thing about Rogers is how he messes with the media. How so? Like he'll he just lies to them. Well, yeah. Every, like, tries to give them sound bites. Yeah, he yeah he just he just doesn't care. So he just like you know he'll say anything, and the media will be like, oh, blah, blah, blah. and he's just, he's probably just like laughing at, like behind the curtain, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I do respect that about him. And I like like he, like the family stuff you guys were talking about. Like how much of that is just him fucking around with the media. <laughs> it's it's now he he took it to from the media to his family. He's just <laughs> I'll see you this year. Doesn't show up. He's laughing all the way. Um, or at least that's what, you know. That's what the media, media would have. Know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. And he's dated uh, very – he dated Olivia Munn, um, Danica Patrick. I mean, the guys, you know. We were talking about uh, Josh Allen dating Haley Steinfeld. And there was an interview with him uh, on Pardon My Take where they were asking about the paparazzi. And he's like, yeah, he's like, it makes me sick, like, that they would try to – snap photos of us like while we're you know in private moments or whatever you know public displays of affection and stuff like that and i'm kind of like well, that's that's what when you're dating a when there's two high profile people like they're gonna he's not used to it but they're gonna they're gonna take pictures of you you know like they're not only that the public wants to see it if there's a picture of Haley steinfeld and uh and josh allen on social media it's retweeted a thousand times it's shared and reposted you know ten thousand times it's it's People want to see that. They they like that stuff. Uh, Bills fans and and I gotta be honest. I, ne- I never heard of her. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Do you see pictures of her though? Now you know what she looks like, right? Now you know. I guess. I guess. Yeah. See. What is she gaining? She... <laughs> <laughs> She's younger, John. We're older, so. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, first things first. Oh, Mike, I didn't ask you how you're doing. Good. All right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Good to hear. Good to hear. Anyway, so <laughs> back to me. Um, so first first training camp storylines, just some quick hitters before we get into biggest surprises. Jordan Phillips came off the PUP, the pup list, and he was getting in some limited practice. 
uh, today, uh, this being Sunday that we're recording this. Uh, so he is one of the three players that was on the pup that's off the pup. The other two players that are still on the pup are Von Miller and Tyler Medikevich. Um, so good news for Jordan Phillips. Uh, still not 100% there, obviously, but he's getting in there. He's getting practice. Um, I don't know. I I think he could be an important part of this defensive line. So that was that was really good to see. I mean, I think we're all fans of Jordan Phillips on this podcast. So that was good to see. Cam Lewis, the cornerback Cam Lewis, cornerback slash safety Cam Lewis, uh, came up with an injury today while trying to intercept a pass. Uh, we're not sure how serious it is. He didn't return back to practice. Um, we'll just have to keep you guys up to date uh, next week when we talk again. Uh, but uh, what's funny is this, of course, happened because Cam Lewis was having like from from all accounts, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later with like different media accounts talking about training camp. But from all accounts, it actually seemed like he was having a really good training camp, both at cornerback, both at safety. Like he was making a name for himself as to be part of this, you know, depth chart, this fifty three man roster, which was kind of cool to see. People are arguing that you know he might have a spot over Demar Hamlin. We'll see about that. Uh, but the injury today obviously stinks. Uh, Hope he gets better. Hope he's back by maybe perhaps even the Saturday Colts game this next week. So we'll keep our eyes on that. Uh, Balen Spector, the middle linebacker, the seventh round pick out of Clemson in last year. He has not seen any first team reps and middle linebacker since the third day of training camp. Um, really right now, the competition has been between Dodson and Bernard, both splitting first team reps. Uh, it feels like it's an alternating practice sort of thing. So Tyrell Dodson seems to be at the moment, the leader in the pack at middle linebacker, uh, but Tyrell Bernard is not close behind. Um, so we will see this. Dude, I'm going to, we're going to talk about biggest surprises. I'm going to give a big surprise right now. Uh, one of my biggest surprises in training camp is that Dorian Williams has not gotten any first team reps, not even like a rotational. I'm not saying he has to start practice with the first team defense, but just like not even getting any reps with the first team middle linebacker. And it doesn't sound like he's getting any middle linebacker reps, which is kind of surprising. He's been mostly focusing as the backup um, outside linebacker. It's, he's not even second team outside linebacker because if Matt Milano is out, it's usually Terrell Bernard in Matt Milano's spot. So Dorian Williams is not getting any any significant snaps whatsoever. So kind of surprising to me. I'd say that's one of my big surprises so far in training camp is Dorian Williams and his lack of any sort of playing time. Nate, I have to disagree. I don't think that's surprising. Um, I, I think I said it earlier, like around draft time. Um, I figured Bernard projected better to be middle linebacker and Dorian Williams to be better backing up Milano. Um, last year when Bernard played, uh, where he had to fill in, he filled in for Milano. Um, and it wasn't the best. I mean, he was a rookie too, but I think he was a little out of position. I think he's more naturally suited for middle linebacker. So I'm not super surprised at that. Um, I'm also not surprised that it's close between him and Dodson. Um, I didn't think like, you know, them bringing Klein back was going to, I think that's just for depth. I don't think that's. Um, to make a push for the starting spot necessarily. So I, I Inspector I think is is more of a special teamer. So um, I'm I'm not surprised um, this between those two. Well, what's funny is like Tyrell Dodson is a little bit older. He has more experience in the system, so he has experience on his side. Whereas Tyrell Bernard has youth draft status. I mean Tyrell Dodson was wasn't an undrafted free agent, whereas 
Terrell Bernard was a third round pick last year. So there's, he's definitely Bernard has that going for him. So it's going to be, it's, it's interesting, but, but, Dodson was backing up Tremaine Edmonds the last, what, three seasons, four seasons? So, like, he has that leg up and experience. They're both roughly the same size. I was reading an article by Joe B. today, and he was saying that Tyrell Dodson really excels in run stopping. Like, he plays downhill, uh, which is kind of good to see. I think that's something we were missing a little bit with Tremaine Edmonds. I don't think Tremaine Edmonds, Edmonds was necessarily that sort of linebacker to play downhill a whole lot. Um but I guess where Dotson, he said Dotson really struggled last season was play action. So he would bite a lot on that. Um, and who knows if that if that's one of the major reasons why they brought in A.J. Klein last season and he took over that middle linebacker spot when Tremaine Edmonds was out um, because of his proclivity to bite on those. So we'll see. Did I use that word right? Proclivity? That's a fancy word. Fancy word. So. If you, if you, I've only heard proclivity with regards to a sexual proclivity. <laughs> In regards to what specifics, sexual proclivity. I guess I don't. Know. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure, Mike. <laughs> it's, it's a proclivity in a Chris Hansen episode. Uh, are you, you thinking think of, of depravity? Like, um, okay, no. <laughs> okay, because that I've heard in regard to that. sexual depravity. <laughs> Maybe we're reading the same like uh, <laughs> serial killer horror book. We're watching the same Jeffrey Dahmer documentary. Yeah. Hmm. So it's we're keeping tabs on the middle linebacker position. As far as cornerback two goes, which is the starting position opposite of Tredavious White, uh, Christian Benford, for the most part, really hadn't seen any first-team reps at cornerback two in like three or four practices. The competition, for the most part, was being was between Jackson and, and Kair Elam. Um, that is until today, when they all mixed in with the first team, uh, and Benford appears that he had the best day. He had a really great... Uh, he read Gabriel Davis in coverage really well. Um, and forced Josh Allen to throw the pass away. And then in the second teamers, or at least against the second team offense, he had an interception against Kyle Allen. So uh, interesting to see where that competition is going to go. Um, it sounds like it's anyone's anyone's position right now. Any one of them could just step up. Uh, it's a good problem to have. It's a good problem to have. Picking between, yeah, sure. between yeah, three Yeah, certainly starters. in that case, like they're all... I like all three guys, right? So, I mean, whoever they... I mean, for me, I think it's surprising that Elam hasn't necessarily separated himself a little more. Um, but I'm not surprised that Benford has played well and that, that Jackson has been doing well either. So, I don't know. Ooh, Benford is a six-round pick. If he gets a starting gig again this season, what a steal in the draft he could be, you know? I love that. It's a good problem. Whereas middle, middle linebacker, we're not really sure. Cornerback, too, it's... I don't want to say it's an embarrassment of riches, but it's a, it's a good problem to have. Kair Elam with the, I still, so one of my biggest surprises I think would kind of be Kair Elam and the fact that like, I guess I didn't expect him to get handed the job, but like through three or four practices, he wasn't getting a lot of first team reps and he ended the season. Like, like remember the bills dolphins playoff game? Like he had the play that ended the game where he had really good coverage on, I think it was Jalen Waddle. Like he's a good he seems like a good player, but they just, one of my biggest surprises is they don't, they do not want to hand him the job. And I don't know if there's something that we can't see behind the scenes. Maybe it's his study or prep or something like that. Uh, conditioning. I have no idea, but like, it seems with the first round pedigree, 
with the fact that, you know, he seemed to have had good experiences for the Buffalo Bills in a starting level role last season. I'm surprised that he's just not already named the starter, I guess. Yeah. Well, I'm, I, I, it's encouraging that they're just not going to hand even a first round pick the starting job, right? They still have to earn it. Yep. So that's good. Um, but we also, I mean, you know, we've only had like a, a week of practice, right? Like, uh, tr- uh, I guess training camp is just four practices now, but <laughs> we have all of August and preseason to go, right? So yeah. um, we'll, we'll see how it shakes out. Yeah, definitely. As for right guard, now this has been a competition between Ryan Bates and Osiris Torrance. Ryan Bates being the incumbent veteran and Osiris Torrance being the second round pick this year. The steal of the second round, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, IMHO. Uh, Torrance has, so it's so funny because you'll read different, different people's articles. So in reading, I guess the consensus seems to be that Bates is slightly ahead of Osiris Torrance at right guard. Like Bates just, he may not have the athletic upside. He may not have the size of Osiris Torrance, but like he has that, he he knows the scheme really well. Um, he's played in it. He has experience, and like he just has more experience and chemistry along the line with Mitch Morse on his left side and Spencer Brown on his right side. So it's just something that I think Osiris Torrance, even if he's more gifted athletically, uh, he's just not as versed in the scheme. He just doesn't have the chemistry yet with Brown and Morse. Like there's just some things he's gonna have to learn. And it sounds like you know in some instances Bates is just staying on his feet a lot better. You know, Osiris Torrance has been put to the ground a few times, been letting pressure get through the inside, um, which is obviously a big no-no uh, at that position. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. I'm going to head into uh, another biggest surprise a little bit later about that. But um, those are the those are the the big uh, training camp news and notes for this past uh, past few days. Um, the Bills signed Andy and Isabella. I mentioned that on the Thursday podcast with Thad Brown, Thad Brown um, from WROC TV Channel Eight. Um, he's also on Buffalo Game Day Recap or Camp Day Recap, and then he's also Buffalo Kickoff Live. Like that's really cool. It was a fun, it was a fun conversation. If you guys haven't heard that conversation, there's a lot of things that we've never covered before on the podcast previously, and that we haven't we're, we're not going to cover today. So uh, there's some really great tidbits from Thad there. So check that out. It came out Thursday of last week. Uh, but yeah, so let's go into biggest surprise. And then I'm going to read some tweets on that. And we're going to talk about red versus blue helmets. Uh, Mike, do you have uh, a big surprise so far from training camp or anything that you've noticed so far? I would say for me, Nate, it's Dane Jackson getting the first team, first team reps consistently. Just to the fact that he's getting any first team reps, right? Like I, I they brought him back in a one-year deal. It sounded like it was going to be between Elam and Bedford, like it was last year, and he's consistently seems to be getting. Geez, I don't, I don't know if it's been the majority of first team reps, but it seems like he's always been in the mix. Yeah, that's a big surprise. Good one, uh, John. What about you? Do you have any big surprises from training camp so far? Uh, Nate, nothing surprises me. <laughs> um, but if I had to pick something, um, I mentioned it before. I think thought Elam would have distanced himself a little bit but it is early and uh lots we still of, have a month we still yeah, have a month we got lots season. of time to go so uh I guess we'll see so I think I like both of those like um the Elam thing the the, tomorrow is promised to no one you guys are like oh we got all the time who knows <laughs> who knows wow well nothing surprises John so if one of us kicks it what no. are the three of us kicks it John who, <laughs> of the three of us who's gonna die first John Probably me. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, w- I had my money. Right. I, I had my money on John or me too. Mike's too, Mike's too in shape and athletic. To... It's not me. <laughs> if Mike dies before us, John, it's going to be because he was running a 5K and his heart just gave out like randomly in a freak accident. He's running a 5K and got hit by a bus. <laughs> yeah. That wouldn't surprise you, though, it's would it, John? Luck. No. Be like, I saw that coming. <laughs> John, should I go to work tomorrow or should I just stay home? You should Please. Go to work. Okay. Okay. <laughs> ah, fine. <laughs> um, so I had the John. Have you thought of a scheme yet? Just just to sidetrack for a second. Do we have any kind of schemes? Because I don't feel like going to work tomorrow either. A scheme to not go to work. A scheme to get rich so we mm. don't have to go to work. I feel like that's the real American well, like, dream. I'm, like people always talk about the American dream being like coming from another country, working hard, and getting a good job. And you know that's not that's not my American dream. My American dream is to be <laughs> um, on an island, <laughs> uh, sipping not margaritas. In not in America. <laughs> <laughs> no, like an American Virgin Island, <laughs> a territory of America still. But like you know, at a beach where they still have like. The stores that you like. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, and the restaurant. The restaurant. Yeah. There yeah. better be a McDonald's and or a Golden and Corral. Applebee's, you know. Yeah, Applebee's. Chili's. Chili's. <laughs> well, that's where I'm getting these margaritas from, clearly. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I want – that's my American dream is to not have any alarm clocks ever, not just on the weekends. Of course, I, I have kids, so I don't really ever need an alarm clock. But, like, that idea, that that's that's my American dream. Anyway, you John, know, before before alarm clocks in England, they would actually have people that they'd pay to tap on the the win- outside of the windows. They'd have these long poles and they tap on the window to wake you up. No kidding, John. You could have easily just made that up out of no out of your behind, and I'd just be like, "That that sounds right. That sounds a hundred percent like what? <laughs> like what year are we talking? Like sixteen hundreds, or is it like well, before alarm clocks? So whatever <laughs> that was." <laughs> It was just after the invention of the window, so they had a window to tap on. <laughs> Glass was just invented. How would that? How would that person wake up? Just stay up all night? Oh yeah, yeah. They'd how- have to, yeah, because they also had people that before you know, the street lights. You know, they they had people that would maintain those throughout the night and like have them lit and make sure they stayed lit and everything. Um, so there are definitely jobs. I mean, there's jobs today where you have to stay up all night. That is not the American dream. <laughs> we were talking about the American dream being on a beach somewhere, having to stay up all night. Man, but they sleep all day. Yeah, dude, we've we've done sea That's shift work. Sea shift work is rough, man. Like God bless everyone that does. We. <laughs> I did it for like a day and a half. <laughs> uh. I wasn't uh, there when Mike was hat in hand quitting to the supervisor, and the supervisor was totally cool about it. He's like, "Yeah, I figured. It's like it's a shitty job. No one wants this job. We're paying you. We're paying you fifteen dollars an hour. We're paying for the same work of an experienced journeyman that gets paid fifty dollars an hour. So I can see why you'd want to quit." <laughs> yeah, thanks. Because it's negative thirty degrees, <laughs> and you, you walk outside, your whole body feels like there's pins being stabbed into yeah. it. For those that don't know, after your fifteen hours, yeah, shift. I was gonna say because we we haven't talked about this in a few years. For those that don't know, we we're talking about this um, beef company. <laughs> I don't want to get too far into it, but it they, you basically worked in a cooler and freezer all day in your fifteen or twenty hour shift or whatever it was. So, some in my head, maybe it's just. The further I get away from it, I think we did a 23 hour shift in my head. I'm like, we just were, <laughs> we worked basically a full week, a 23 hour shift. But 
uh, yeah, yeah, you'd go and take your break after being in a freezer. They had a freezer that was, yeah, at least negative 30. And then you come out to your car in like thermals, <laughs> you know, because of course they didn't have a break room because it's a fucking freezer. <laughs> so what are you going <laughs> to <laughs> if you use a microwave in a freezer, it would just make it slightly defrosted. Uh, and so we go into our car, take off our winter jackets in the middle of July and eat our sandwich. And we would just like sit there. Mike and I only did this, like we said, a couple of nights. <laughs> and we just sit there with our bag lunches like, fuck, this sucks. This is the worst. Uh and then we quit. But your coat, like your sleeve, like every time you went to reach and take down a box above your head, like the meat juice, <laughs> somehow, somehow in the freezer, the the meat juice was still juicy and not frozen. So when you lifted the box above your head, it would just drain all down your sleeve. Oh, geez. I didn't have that happen. I must not have been working as hard as you. <laughs> Sounds like Mike's like, I had a lot of meat juice in my, uh, in my shoes at the end of the day. In your Carhartt uh, overalls, is <laughs> yeah. What were we talking yeah. about before that? What schemes? Oh yeah, people lighting torches in the street lights. Does it chap your ass at all that we could have like uh, bought up all the the? Um, it was a perfect scenario with Josh Allen. We could have bought up all his rookie cars because we just got so jaded after. 25 years you know how many saviors did we think we had jp lossman oh, so many. we could have spent five hundred dollars on like josh allen rookie cards and be retired yeah yeah yeah, yeah. the american dream we would have been living the american dream if we had just bought low and we were front and center to that whole show yeah john i do blame you yeah john where were you on that one <laughs> there's definitely some resentment there you were busy buying up oj simpson cards <laughs> a known commodity <laughs> john was hoping john was figuring oj would be dead by now and that's all that stuff would be worth so many so much more i'm holding on to like two or three oj simpson jerseys and helmets for when he's when he's gone that's that's going to be worth double right i don't get rid of any bill stuff so i, I don't I, I don't understand john J well the only thing that changes then that seeks that ceases to be that you can create more of i guess would be a signature mm-hmm Right, because they can still print as many jerseys or helmets. Yeah, so it would have to have been a rookie card that was signed. I mean, when you're you're saying like, oh, when oh, an OJ, yeah, OJ, gotcha. yes. If you get a signed glove, that would be pretty impressive. <laughs> mm. It would be so good. It would be a black glove. Ice would be silver sharper. Silver sharpie. Oh, that's yeah. exactly what I was thinking. Silver sharpie. Number 32, Hulk. He would sign anything <laughs> for money. He would. Oh, man. I wonder if the families get that money because I knew they couldn't get his uh, his checks from the NFL retirement fund. Like, that wasn't available, but like in the civil suit, but everything else was. He probably does it all under the table if he's smart. <laughs> <laughs> so. John, next time we're going to draft a franchise quarterback, please let us know if we should buy $500 or $1,000 worth of rookie cards. Well, I mean, if the same, like, organ, you know, if it's still like being a McDermott, then yeah. Absolutely. Okay. okay. All right. I mean, we, we got to wait another, you know, 10, 15 years until Allen retires, but hopefully. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Fingers crossed he doesn't pull like an Andrew Luck and just retires early or something like that. So I probably shouldn't have even spoken that into existence, <clears throat> into the. 
So, so one of the things, so we mentioned like biggest surprises at training camp. One of the biggest surprises to me is just like how many different reports I can read and I can get different feels for people or different opinions about how players are performing. I mean, we had Thad Brown on last week and he was singing the praises of Osiris Torrens. And then I'm reading Joe B's column and he's just like, ah, he seems, he's not ready for the starting spot yet. So it's like, oh, maybe Thad was just excited in general that like he looked pretty good. But still not ready to start. But you know, so I think, funny. I think he's not really. Yeah, Tor- Torrance, I think is going to be a stud. I, but I can understand why Bates is currently because he's still got stuff to learn, right? Yeah. And Bates knows the system, like you said. Um, I, but I think it's a matter of time. Torrance is going to be starting at some point. It's only a matter of time, John says. Yeah, yeah. It's just funny. I think that's that's just between. I mean, that's just one of the examples. But you know, like you read about Jackson, Elam, you know, Benford, and you get different you know, points of view on that. Um, you talk about Bernard or Terrell Bernard and, you know, Tyrell Dotson. And, you know, depending on the media reporter, someone, this guy looks really good. This guy looks all right. This guy needs some work. You know, it's just, it's interesting. It's interesting. And we haven't had that many competitions, if we're being honest, in the last few years. So There's usually one maybe, right? And then it's, you know, see from there. So, uh, yeah. All right. So the fun topic of the night, besides um, Josh Allen, rookie cards, OJ Simpson, signed stuff, uh, the American dream, freezing your butt off in a negative 30 freezer. Dude, those were big boxes we were carrying above our heads. Like that was like, you know, we were 20, 20, 21. And like, those were probably 80 pound boxes above my head. Like if I'm thinking out loud, like 80 pounds is a lot to hold over your head, especially like at the time I, I probably weighed like 160 pounds. So like, you know. To me, that's that's I have my weight above my head. Hmm. No, um, the Bessel man was when we were going to that other room when they were they were building this completely <laughs> automated conveyor belt system. <laughs> so, so real quick, Mike, before you discuss the automated conveyor system, tell them what our job was because we didn't really describe it. It was just in a freezer cooler. That's all we said. Like, what was our actual? That's job? all I remember. No, no, our actual job though was to like take these uh, forklifts that uh, you know were. We had no training. We had no training once. <laughs> Maybe a five minute video, if that. And then, like, yeah, you would run through the entire warehouse, pick up boxes, depending on the slip of your order. And it could be at any place, like throughout this entire huge, huge Amazon like warehouse, right? And then we would take that and we take it to the picture, like the end of Raiders of the Lost. Time. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah, what the that's... warehouse looked like. <laughs> and and then like these other kids that definitely didn't want to be there would wrap up whatever you just packed into like with with that uh, plastic saran wrap, right? That it would spin around, and then and then yeah, you'd be what an amazing job that. Yeah, was. I know. How the hell did we not get that job? Those kids quit early too. They're like, "This sucks, right?" Mm. And I'm like, "You guys don't know shit. Like this, <laughs> what we're doing sucks. You're just sitting here in Saran wrap, anyway." So, uh, but yeah, the whole job was just to like take take all this product from the shelves in the warehouse to the trucks, right, as they were pulling up or whatever. So, Mike, continue. Automated conveyor thing. So they were. So there was new construction in another. So they were built. They were constructing another part of the warehouse with just this elaborate conveyor belt system that would essentially do all the work for you. And so all the workers, like they'd be so excited, like, "Oh, when this gets done, we're gonna. <laughs> this is gonna be. It's gonna make our job so easy. We're just gonna kick back." <laughs> Living the, they're they're going to start just like looking at each other. Like, huh? <laughs> they're like, this conveyor is going to allow us to live the American dream. 
<laughs> our job sucks right now, but like when this conveyor is built, like our job's going to be so much easier, and we're going to make the same amount of money because that's how this works. <laughs> I don't even think management told them that. I think they just thought that they're just like well this can be the only logical they figure they're gonna get raises they're okay <laughs> well we're gonna be making more money so why wouldn't we you know why wouldn't we get part of it right like isn't that how this works uh yeah and then like they laid off like most of the most of the workers didn't they after that went fully operational yeah i feel like the guy that i was learning from specifically took me in that area oh yeah man this is gonna be great uh, like I, oh okay like, doesn't that kind of replace what you do? <laughs> you know? Make you completely redundant? <laughs> uh, robots work for a lot less money than you. Um, yeah, so... Oh, I forgot to read some of... The, I forgot to read some of the uh, answers. So I put that up on Twitter. I said, uh, what are the biggest uh, training camp surprises so far? And uh, on Twitter, Andrew Insing writes, how bad Kyle... Allen is makes me want case back and that's bad. Uh, and that has to do. So and Andrew's talking about the fact that uh, there were three or four botch snaps. So Andrew said there were five botch snaps and four in a row between Kyle Allen and Mitch Morse. So that is very bad. Like that's, I mean, it's one thing if Kyle Allen is throwing off or something and he's not having a great day or he's missing some wide receivers, he's bouncing a few or whatever. Like that's bad. But if he can't just take the snap from the center, like that's not good. That's not ideal. So um, that was a good one. Matthew. Does it, does it really matter who their backup quarterback is? If Allen gets hurt, they're screwed, right? Like that's it. The season's over. Yeah. Good point. Good point. If, if, if Kyle Allen's in the game, you know, we're in trouble. Like we're not winning a Super Bowl with Kyle or, Allen, or, right? or Barkley or Keenum or anybody like any of those guys. It, if Allen's out, they're done. Yeah, I know we don't have a lot of money. I didn't love the Kyle Allen signing. You know, I felt like there were better guys out there, but like, um, yeah, it's scary. If you see Kyle Allen in the game, just know that we're not going to win the Super Bowl if he ends up getting us there somehow. I mean, this isn't like Tom Brady, right? Like joining, like after Drew Bledsoe got the concussion, like that's not this. So Matthew Lewis writes, biggest surprise, Dorsey motion and plays. But the fact is that Reggie looks like he'll be used a lot as well. So that was kind of cool because I was reading something from the blue, from the red and blue scrimmage uh, is that uh, he, Dorsey was using a lot of motion. He was not only doing 12 personnel, which for those that, that know, um, obviously, you know, it's it, I'm speaking for people that don't aren't familiar with 12 personnel. Uh, it means one is the amount of running backs in the formation and two is the amount of tight ends. So if you hear 21 personnel, it's two running backs, one tight end. And then you can just figure the quarterback is one, five offensive linemen. That just tells you how many receivers are if you just do some math. So, um, so I was reading that they have 12 personnel. So they did a lot of two tight end sets, 12 personnel, 22 personnel I was reading about, and then some 13 personnel, which I don't know if I've ever heard those two numbers put together with a formation because the Bills have never had two or three tight ends even worth putting on the same field. But it sounds like the Reggie Gilliam was with that third tight end. So that's kind of cool. Something a little different. It would be nice if Dorsey used all of the weapons at his disposal, not only all the weapons, all the playbook, like motion. Like that was something that Dable did a lot of. And I guess we kind of just took it for granted. There was just not a lot of motion last year. It was just, we're lining up and we're going from this set, you know, um, to help your quarterback out. Let him take a look at the pre-snap, uh, you know, who's moving, who's not moving. Are they playing zone? Are they playing man? Like, let's, you know. So let's go Buffalo writes a couple surprises. 
how good Leonard Floyd has reportedly been playing, how Dorsey is using Reggie Gilliam as a tight end, and how the Diggs drama has faded, and Diggs is flashing as the best player on the Bills. He says in parentheses, sorry, second best. Yeah. Yeah, that's the other thing. If if Diggs were to go down, it's basically the same scenario at this point. They're not going anywhere. No, no, for sure. You're not going to replace that. Yeah. I, I, I like that. I like, you know, Leonard Floyd, the, the news on Leonard Floyd. Heard some really good news on Greg Rousseau. He got a sack pressure, sack uh, pressure against Deion Dawkins and Spencer Brown today on both sides rushing, pass rushing. So that's good. Either that's really good for Greg Rousseau or that's really bad for our tackles. I can't tell. That's another thing about, about trading camp. Like, oh, you know, so-and-so uh, picked off, you know, got interceptions. Like, well, Josh Allen throwing the ball because that's not great. It's it's always that dichotomy of uh, of training camp, and I mentioned that 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 Diggs drama lasted up until the first catch in training camp, and that was the end of it. Like that that Diggs drama did not last very long. It was just a bad. We talked about that for a full episode, but that was just bad timing as far as as far as the off season goes. There's nothing going on. So Bills Mafia LGM, and I believe he has a lot of. Puerto Rico flags? That's kind of what it looks like. It's hard to tell. Um, he says, Dorian Williams seemingly have no place here. Seemingly having no place here. That's his big surprise. Dorian, And we talked about Dorian Williams. Like, I'm kind of surprised by that, to be honest. I like that one. Kind of surprised. I know he doesn't like to start rookies, but I thought he'd be getting a, I don't know, maybe not reps over Bale Inspector, but geez, like, not only that, he's not playing middle linebacker at all. I don't know. They had a hole there. I thought it would... Let me fill it a little bit. And the majority of Bills fans, when we did that poll and we did that whole podcast addressing the middle linebacker, we didn't think so because we know the Bills don't like starting rookies. But like the majority of Bills fans thought Dorian Williams was going to be the starting middle linebacker come week one. And that is, he's not even close. He's not even in the rotation to be starting middle linebacker. I want to say right now, he is probably third in line for middle linebacker, third or fourth in line for middle linebacker, and he's like third or fourth in line for Matt Milano's replacement. Like he is, he's definitely not going to get cut. But man, like I'm kind of surprised we haven't heard a whole lot about anything about him. David Bell writes, David B. Bell writes that Khalil Shakir seems to be losing the grip on the number three wide receiver role. That's the biggest news from training camp, biggest surprise from training camp so far. I mean, I kind of thought he would, he would kind of. Well, you know, when they brought in Deontay Hardy and Trent Shurfield, he had some experienced veterans ahead of him. Um, I guess I was hoping. I was hoping Khalil Shakir. I have, I have high hopes for him in general, but I was guess I was kind of hoping he'd be good enough to take away that role. Carlin Son of Sullivan writes, the least surprising is that Elam had to split reps with Dane Jackson, even though it couldn't be more obvious who the better player is. <laughs> yeah, that scares me a little bit, Dane Jackson. I feel like he's a known commodity at this point. Like, he's good, don't get me wrong. He's just not great. Like Elam and Benford could potentially be great. Like they have a higher ceiling. So it's kind of surprising. Those, so those were the biggest surprises on Twitter. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else. 
and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Um, so we're going to talk about the red versus blue helmets. I mentioned earlier that Josh Allen showed up last season at the red and blue game uh, scrimmage or whatever you want to call it practice at Highmark Stadium. He showed he had the red helmet and this year he was rocking the blue helmet. John, Mike, John, I'll start with you. Um, what'd you think about which one would you choose? And I put a poll up on Twitter uh, before, before we talk about it. which one do you like better? Did you like the, the red one, the blue one, what's your, what's your favorite? If you had to choose between the two, the red one, for sure. The, the blue washes out the blue Buffalo. You'd have to change the color of the Buffalo to make that, or the Buffalo would have to be red and the stripe would have to be white or something like it. It, 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 I don't think it works. So I, I'd go with the red for sure. Mike, what do you think? Did you like the uh, the blue one, or do you like? No, I don't like the blue on blue. You don't like the blue on blue, the right? Red, it's nice. Yeah, I'm a fan of the red. What what could they do to improve that though? So if you have your phone next to you or something, Google image the Josh Allen red alternate helmet. Um, I think they need to add some white to that center to that center um, line of the helmet because right now it's just like blue. Like they need to, they need to make some changes. Basically, what I'm asking them to do is change this helmet to the red '90s helmet <laughs> completely. Yeah, instead exactly. of just, <laughs> if they add a little white to it, they put a number one and two and yeah. put Jim Kelly on the back. Yeah, that would be that would be great. That would really help. Yeah. I, mean, no, I, like, I like the white helmets too, but like uh, the red would be good also. Either but look how like I this is this is why we talked about that you know the alternate jerseys and helmets like they're not bringing the 90s helmets back this year they've already uh told yeah. Sal Capaccio that they're not going to do it and it's like yeah this isn't their preferred look cuz I'm looking at a picture it shows Josh Allen with a red jersey cuz he had a red jersey on last year cuz all quarterbacks have the red jersey on that's their color rush jersey right so yeah, the red jerseys are terrible the red the red jerseys make I don't hate the red jerseys by themselves but they look like complete wet trash garbage when you can combine them with the red helmet. Like it's just a clash, you know, it doesn't look I don't like it with a blue helmet either. No, you know what? You're right. You're right. I don't like it with a blue helmet either. So the real answer is they need to bring this red helmet back and they need to get a different color rush Jersey. Can't they just do blue on blue? Just do blue on blue is your color rush or white on white. Who cares? Forget color rush. It's just, they're just trying to, there's, they just need another Jersey for people to buy. It's all they're trying to do. Yeah, like they can uh, just don't make it a red jersey then. So that way you can bring the red helmets back. Like they could do that. They just don't want to change their red jerseys out for the color rush. That's all. So Mike, so you're red. Mike's red. John's red. I'm red too. Like red is by far. I put a, a poll up on Twitter uh, right before we started recording and asked what people thought. Um, and as to no surprise, 74 percent of folks say josh's red helmet last year compared to josh's blue helmet this year um i think a lot of folks i think a lot of folks just like the idea of you know the bills having alternate helmets so they're gonna say that they really like the blue helmet i thought it was okay that was all right uh i still like the red helmet better what do you think what do you think of the standing buffalo i love the standing buffalo me too what if they made that as an alternate helmet i'd be good with that I, did, didn't they do that in the past, like a red helmet with like a white standing buffalo instead of the white with a red? 
like they reverse the colors. I feel like they did that. I think I've seen that before, but I don't know if they played with it. I, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, me either. I do, I do like the standing buffalo. So I do like that as their alternate helmet too. You know, like that's yeah. a good one. So, all right. Well, everyone agrees with us, so that must mean that we're right. It's the only conclusion I can come to. So, John, Mike. It's been a pleasure talking bills with you. Camp surprises so far. It's going to be an interesting week this next week until we uh, we hear a little bit more news on everything. As I mentioned before, definitely check out that Thad Brown interview. It's really cool. I'm actually talking with uh, Anthony Prohaska from Cover One this week. So I'm going to do another uh, additional podcast on Thursday for that discussion that we're going to talk about, um, I mean, training camp in general. And luckily, Anthony from Cover One, like he he does the film room there. He does disguise coverage. Like he does a lot of cool stuff. So he knows a lot about football, a lot about coverages, a lot about, you know, all the things that, you know, we're we're a common fan. We're the common fan uh, Bills podcast. That's what I'm going to label us as, by the way. I didn't tell Mike and John this, but we're the common fan Bills podcast. That's what I'm labeling us. It's, man, we're just like bring our lunch pail to work every day. <laughs> <laughs> got a good motor, you know, we're like that kind of, that kind of podcast. So, uh, but Anthony like understands like strategies, formations, position. I mean, he just knows that so well. Um, so I'm going to ask him some questions about that. So definitely check that out. John, Mike, anything you want to add before we, uh, we call it a, a, a pod. Have, have you heard anything about any potential changes to the defensive scheme with Leslie Frazier being out this year? So I asked Thad Brown about that, but he says it's just really hard to see in practice. Like, I mean, we mentioned the things about, um, you know, formations and, you know, motion and stuff like that in Ken Dorsey's side. But I think in defense, it's a little bit harder to see. But no, I, I've not heard something specifically pertaining to the defense under McDermott. I know Kair Elam was on a press conference and he mentioned that it's going to be aggressive. So that was kind of cool to see. That's kind of what we all hoped, but... It was good seeing that from a player himself. Cool. So we won't see like, just like that screenshot of the Bengals game. We won't see like four Bengals wide receivers, one Bills DB that's four yards off the line. And the other one's not even in the camera shot. Yeah. Well, we got to switch from nickel to dime. That's the answer. It did nickel to dime. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mike, anything else before we call it a pod? That's it. So thank you guys all for joining us. Um, If you want to check out our T public site, uh, we have, uh, our entire store is 30% off. So that means $16 t-shirts, $14 tank tops. Um, you know, we have hoodies and long sleeve shirts, whatever you're into, mugs, coffee mugs, phone cases, um, anything you want. It's all 30% off right now. Uh, the link is in our show notes at the bottom. So just check, click that tpublic.com slash stores slash CTW pod. So that's available. And of course, this episode is brought to you by the twin spire sports book at Delago. Um, the Delago Resort and Casino. If you haven't been there, it's really cool. Like we're really lucky that we have something like that so close to us, um, within driving distance. It's it's a really great place. Uh, Twin Spire Sportsbook in general, like has. I mean, it's it's inundation in a really good way of all the different sports going on, um, whether it's football on a football Sunday or it's during the NBA season or hockey or all of those seasons. Baseball, they all got them going on. It's really cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. So check those guys out over there. Um, Highly recommend it. So signing off for John. Go Bills. For Mike. Go Bills. And for me, Nate, in honor of Marv Levy's 98th birthday this past week, where else would you rather be than right here, right now? Go Bills, and we'll talk to you guys again next week. Hey, 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 hey.
Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. <laughs>